I have on my phone a tiny, small piece of plastic. It doesn't seem like very much, but it uh, serves an important purpose. This afternoon, as I dropped my phone, I didn't think anything of it, but I was looking at it, doing something earlier, and noticed that this screen protector is cracked. That small, tiny piece of plastic saved several hundred dollars. It did its job. It showed its value. Sometimes it's hard to see the value of things until you see the value. You understand uh, what it was there for and why it was given. On Sunday night, we are talking about Proverbs in our series called Walking in Wisdom. And tonight, a father speaks to his son, and he gives uh, a sales pitch, if you will, of the importance, the value of wisdom. And I don't mean to speak too lightly about it. Uh, Any good salesman, any good salesperson knows the value of their product. They should know it. They should know its benefits, what it can do, why it matters, how it will help the customer. As we turn to Proverbs chapter 2, we're listening to a father make the pitch to his son that wisdom matters. And it's far more valuable than you know. And you really never understand the value until you see the value. As we hear this pitch on wisdom, I hope you'll uh, learn the lessons intended for the son that you might not forget in your own life that wisdom matters more than you know. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commands with you, making your ear attentive to, your, to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures. As a dad, as a father, one of the things that you often do, and mothers do this too, but just speaking from my own personal experience, you seek to impart to your children lessons that you failed to learn or that you had to learn the hard way. You don't fully understand this and you can't until you become a parent yourself. But as parents, we see in you some of ourselves. We watch you in the way that you walk and talk and treat others. We watch you go down similar paths We have conversations with you, and we understand how you think, what makes you tick, because we're so similar. As parents, we desire for you to do better than we did. And one way we know that that will happen is if you can avoid the same mistakes we made. And and you can't understand that. This This is the eternal struggle between parent and child, because... Children don't often understand how deeply your parents care for you and how much they want your life to be blessed. 
And if you can learn wisdom, your life will be much more blessed and you'll, you'll get farther ahead and go farther along at a much earlier stage if you'll value wisdom. You see, not everyone is wise. Not everyone, everyone, um, many people hear wisdom, but not everyone yields to wisdom. Only those who recognize her value. And so, at verses 1 through 4, the Father says, seek her, seek wisdom, because of her value. The comparison to a treasure, verse 4, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures. I love this. If you think about the value of treasure, think for just a moment, if you will, about what men have done and what men will do for treasure. They will tunnel through mountains. They will go to the depths of the sea. They will risk life and limb. Why? Because of the great value that lies. You ever heard a story, and, and you'll see these pop up in the news occasionally, that someone will find a Picasso at a garage sale, a Rembrandt giving away, you know, being sold for a few dollars that's worth multiple millions of dollars? And you think, well, how does that happen? How did the owner let that go for such a cheap price? And the answer is, They didn't know what they had. They didn't understand the value until it was too late. Turn to Proverbs uh, chapter 8. And there are several places throughout the book that remind us of the value of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 10. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold for wisdom is better than jewels. And all that you may desire cannot be compared with her. When we think of the example of Solomon asking for wisdom, on its surface, that doesn't seem to be so. I mean, if you could, it's the, uh, the, the proverbial, if you had just one wish, one thing you could ask of God, well, what would you wish for? Obviously, uh, Infinite number of wishes, right? God's not a a genie, but if you think about what you might ask for from God, wisdom may not rise to the the top of the list. Influence, wealth, power, legacy. These are the things a young king might ask for. And yet, Solomon wisely, when he asked for wisdom not only received wisdom, but received all of those other things as well. That's why Proverbs reminds us how valuable wisdom is. But here's the thing. Wisdom is only given to those who are wise enough to seek her. Those who are wise enough to go on the journey. So may we seek wisdom because of our value. Let's read verses 5 through 8. Then you will understand righteousness and i'm sorry then you will understand the fear of the lord and find the knowledge of god for the lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding he stores up sound wisdom for the upright 
He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Verses 5 through 8 remind us, verses 1 through 4 remind us to seek wisdom because of her value. Verses 5 through 8 remind us to seek wisdom to find the knowledge of eternity. Wisdom will guard our way and watch over us and protect us. The fear of the Lord, as we talked about in the past couple of lessons, is, leads us to the knowledge of God. The fear of the Lord is this moment where you humble yourself and you acknowledge that your knowledge is limited, that you don't know it all, and that you have much to learn. To acknowledge that requires great humility, but it will lead us to the wisdom and the fear of the Lord. Wisdom begins right there. Humility, as we said, is the beginning of that wisdom. It's the acknowledgement of two basic facts. Number one, there is a God. And number two, you are not him. When we humble ourselves and come to that point, then the Lord can begin to impart to us wisdom. To do that comes at a cost, of course. We have to yield our pride, our hubris. That is the beginning of a journey on which God will teach us many things. As we seek God and as we seek wisdom, God will lead us to several blessings. First of all, wisdom in life. There are a few number of people that I deeply trust. A few number. And the reason that I trust them is because they are genuinely and sincerely wise. And they seek the heart of God. And as they do that, I think that just leads them to be the kind of person who's wise in their life, in their conduct, with their families, in their marriages, as a parent, as a grandparent, in their businesses, they are wise. Seeking God leads us to wisdom in life. It leads to knowledge and understanding. It leads to victorious living. And it even leads to protection from evil. Go back to the, the verses. Uh, we're in verse 7. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. You see, there are many people who hear the wisdom of God but not listen to it or yield to it because they do not know its value. They're selling Picassos for pennies. They're selling Rembrandts for nothing. But, the proverb says, verse 7, he stores up wisdom for the upright. If you do what's right, if you're seeking the Lord, if you genuinely fear him and love him, he has a great deal of wisdom to give you. And as such, what does it say? He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. There is a way in the world. There is a way that it works when we play what I call the game. It's political. It's worldly motivated. It's, uh, it's backstabbing. It's gossipy. It's, it's doing my way to ink my way ahead, to, to get past other people and to climb my way up. Uh, in, in this picture, I love what the father says to the son. If you will seek wisdom, God's going to protect you from all of that. God's going to watch over your way and protect you from worldly ways. He's going he's to shield you if you do what's right, if you're seeking him. I was reading the story of Joseph this past week. And, and how many times Joseph was done wrong. Done wrong by his brothers done wrong by 
Potiphar's wife, done, done wrong by the, the cupbearer and the baker who forgot him. He was done wrong. And, and J, Joseph could have wallowed in self-pity and misery, and yet God watched over him. God protected over his way. He didn't have to come up with some sort of secondary plan. In fact, most of the time when you read through the scriptures, people come up with secondary plans. People try to work their way. People are self-willed. That usually just creates more problems. But if we'll seek God and we'll seek his wisdom, she will protect us. We seek her to find the knowledge of eternity and as such, the blessings from that. Continuing on now to verse 9. Wisdom guides us to the good paths. This is uh, verses 9 through 19. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. Delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake the paths of righteousness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil. Men whose paths are crooked, who are devious in their ways. And so you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth. For her house sinks down to death, and her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. Wisdom, we are encouraged to seek wisdom that we might stay on the path which is good. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, a well-known proverb, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. God will straighten it out for you. God God will make the way happen. Wisdom does that. The, The father says, you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path, for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge be pleasant to your soul. Justice and equity is simply being consistent in how you treat others. Equal weights for buying and selling is one way the proverb puts it. It's kind of funny how buying and selling works. And Solomon notes this as well. When you're, when you're buying something, I mean, your, your job is to bring down the value. Oh, look at this. I mean, this is just not going to work. Um, that, go back to my phone. I don't know why it's a common theme in this sermon, but <laughs> I ha- this is an upgraded phone, so I sold my old phone on Facebook Marketplace. And it doesn't really matter if you've never done Facebook Marketplace before. I would warn you against that. Um, if you, it, whatever you're putting up there, it doesn't matter what it is, and it doesn't matter what the price is. Uh, there's a whole slew of people that just live in the land of, of the lowball. I mean, they just doesn't matter if, it, if you're selling a, a brand new iPhone for a dollar, they're going to offer you a quarter. I mean, they're just constantly trying to get a good deal. It doesn't matter how good the deal already is. But yet, when you go to sell something, then, you, then you're, it's very valuable. You're, you're pointing out all of the highlights, all of the features. And this is what you do when you sell on 
Facebook Marketplace or any any place really. You point out all of the the benefits of your product or whatever it is you're trying to sell. Justice and equity is simply the act of being consistent on the buying and the selling. Being truthful, being honest, treating others as you'd want to be treated. Remember from Proverbs chapter 1, verse 3, maybe you don't. If you don't, this would be a good time to turn there. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 3, to receive instruction in wise dealing in righteousness, justice, and equity. Maybe a good measure of that, and this is going back to the marketplace, is would you want to be on the opposite end of the transaction with you? When you go to sell your house, do you disclose everything? Are you honest about? You say, well, I'll get less of a price. It'll bring up more issues. Yeah, okay. But would you want to buy from you? Wisdom says if you'll... Wisdom leads us to doing what's right and just and fair in all areas, not just buying and selling. I think generally wisdom leads us on the good path with people. My grandpa had a saying that I thought was always good and easy to remember. He was a carpenter, and he would use this phrase, meet on the level, act on the plum, part on the square. Meet on the level, meaning treat everyone the same. Be fair in your dealings and see every person as created in the image of God. Act on the plum. Do what's right. Do what's best. Do what's wise. And part on the square. As people come in and out of your lives, as you engage in transactions, make sure you're square. Wisdom not just does not only guide us in good paths, but she protects us from the bad ones as well. The first is, uh, this is verse... Um, 12, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverse, a perverted speech. The word there simply means twisted. And I don't think that's, I mean, sometimes we read the word perverted and we think just purely in sexual connotations, and there is that, but the word perverted simply means twisted, unnatural, not the way it was intended to be. And, And telling lies, be they big or small, Engaging in gossip, be it truthful or harmless or malicious. Engaging in deception, pretending to be something that you are not. Or flattery, saying things that simply make someone else feel good, but that you don't truly believe. That's perverted speech. Wisdom protects us from that. Wisdom keeps us true in what we say. Those who walk in darkness and crooked paths are those who deviate from God. Wisdom protects us from them, too, if we will yield to her. If we will pay attention, she will keep us from people who rejoice in evil. And it even gets very specific, and this is going to be a theme common throughout Proverbs, is it keeps us from sexual immorality. So you'll be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with their smooth words. Isn't that funny? The adulteress 
here isn't pictured by the beauty of her body, but by the seductiveness of her words. Who forsakes the companion of her youth, forgets the covenant of her God, her house sinks down to death, her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. Wisdom protects us from her. Wisdom protects us. And, and, and in particular, Proverbs warns with particular emphasis against her. Proverbs chapter 5, 3 through 5, if you're following along. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as the two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path to Sheol, or the path to death. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 24. For the commandment is, the, is a lamp, and a teaching is a light, and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life, to preserve you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. And finally, chapter 7, verse 21. With seductive speech, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once, he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter. Wisdom protects us from evil people and evil paths. And in, the, in regard to the sexuality, people who engage in sexual immorality, uh, wisdom protects us from that. Wisdom says, pay attention to where you are and who you're with. May we not forget that God designed that to be a blessing. And if we're wise, we'll avoid all of the things which would ruin or steal the blessing. Read the story of Jacob and Esau. The story of Jacob and Esau is the story of wisdom and foolishness. Actually, foolishness and deception, probably better. Um, And... There's this moment when Esau realized he's been cheated out of his blessing. He's been cheated out of his birthright. And he begs his father for a blessing. And Isaac can't do it. Because because Esau didn't know what he had. And he gave it up all too cheaply. The writer of Hebrews says that we should not be godless like Esau, who gave up for a single meal his birthright. And then goes on to compare that to our sexual fidelity. He, and the entire scriptures warn us from not just evil women, but evil ways. And of course, we're speaking, or we understand that applies to both men and women. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 20 and 22, as we finish out the chapter. Proverbs 2, verses 20 through 22 as the father continues to admonish the son. So you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous treacherous will be rooted out of it. As, as it, the father finishes, he talks about this idea of a path and the way. Walk in the way of the good. Keep to the paths of the righteous. All throughout wisdom literature, the path or the way is is this idea of a manner of living. 
Think with me for just a minute in some other pieces of wisdom literature. If you want to follow along, Psalm chapter 23, the well-known song about a shepherd. It says of that shepherd, He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He says, here, here's an opportunity. Even though I'm in a, surrounded by evil, I walk in the right way. I, f- I do not fear because you are with me, and you help me walk where I should. Psalm 119, 105. Again, a familiar one. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You you understand that reading this book isn't just something to sort of check off a list and, and, and work through a Bible reading planet. What you're doing when you, when you receive God's instruction is receiving a light that you can walk in the path in which you should go. Not only will it light up the path, but it will light up your feet. Make sure you're going in the way you should go. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 21. For a man's ways are before the eyes of the, of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. Again, and this is the sort of the pur- purpose of the image on your PowerPoint, is this idea of a path and a way that we have to consider. There's different ways in which we should go, different paths that are options before us. And our, our walk is the choice of, which in, of the way in which we live. Our walk is the choice of the way in which we live. Which path are you going to choose? For example, you go to Dylan's. You're doing shopping. What you put in the cart is what you and your family will eat. And as you go through the store, there are different, many different paths that you can take. You can choose to go down, get some fruits and vegetables and water. You know, and, and those things are, are good. They're a little bit more expensive. But in the long run, they'll benefit and bless you. Or you can go down the, the, <laughs> the aisle of the Twinkies. <laughs> you can go down the path of the Doritos And they will fulfill you in the short term, but they will harm you in the long run. See, there's different paths that we can take. And so the way in which you push your cart, that's how you walk. That's the question. What's in your cart? What do you seek? What are you after? The father says to his son, walk in the way of wisdom. Seek wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. He says, please pay attention to how you walk and what you put in your cart, as he might say today. You go to a restaurant. You go in, you take a gander either at the menu that's up top or in front of you. And it's the same. I mean, there, there, there are good options and not so good options. You can, you can choose to go the way of the salad or, or eat some grilled chicken or some vegetables or some fish, or you can choose to go the way of the chips and queso, (laughs) the fried foods. You can have soda or pop, dessert along with it. So you get to choose. There's all the paths right there on the menu. But each time 
you open the menu, you have to choose. What will it be? And that's your walk. The, the father says to the son, please, choose wisdom. She may be more, a more expensive item on the menu, but you'll enjoy your meal and your life a whole lot more if you'll choose her path. Choosing the right path again and again and again is simply what we call the way. The way that leads to life, Jesus said, the way that ends in death. It's not a, you know, it's not the end of the world if you go to Dylan's tonight and you're like, man, the preacher mentioned Twinkies and I can't stop thinking about Twinkies. It's not the end of your health if you go buy a box of Twinkies. But if you start doing that every day, if Twinkies becomes a way of life, Eat the Twinkie, become the Twinkie. And so may we choose wisely our path and with wisdom choose the right way. And this is why wisdom matters. Only wisdom leads to a blessed life. Why would a father sit down with his son? Why would he try to impart to him wisdom? Because he wants his son to be blessed. He wants his son to have better things than he did. See, the father can't go back in time. But he can speak through time. And if the son will hear and listen and yield to wisdom, it's like the father can go back in time and change his way. I'm sure probably most of you have seen the Back to the Future movies. And it's just that kind of fun little moment where Marty and the doc go back in time and they interact with things and events and, and, it's, and then they go back to the future or back to the present and they see things are different now because of the small changes they made back here. And sometimes for good and sometimes for bad, right? Well, this, this is what the, the father is trying to do. He's trying to go back and impart wisdom through the ages so that the small changes now will lead to wisdom and ultimately blessing in, this, in the son's life. Wisdom draws you closer to what is true. Life happens to wise and foolish people. Matthew 5, Jesus said, He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Wisdom protects the path and watches over the ways of the wise. Will you seek her? Will you bow with me in prayer, please? Father in heaven, I pray tonight you give us wisdom in our hearts. May we value, truly value your wisdom. And may we humble ourselves to seek her way and to yield to her and to yield to your instructions which lead us to the ways of life. Many paths lie before for us each and every day, Father. May we have wisdom to choose the right path. We ask for your wisdom in abundance. We might each day choose the right path, that we might walk in the right way. Father, we believe and know that your Son is the way, the truth, the life, and that only through him can we have relationship with you. He personifies wisdom. Father, may we seek him tonight. I pray that if there are any here tonight, Seek your eternal wisdom through the the person of your son, the Christ, that they would do that, that you would put on their heart their need to seek 
the way of wisdom and seek your son, the Christ. And Father, if there are those here who've gone down the, the path that leads to destruction, and they need to repent, they need to in some way ask for our prayers, I pray that your spirit will work on their hearts as well. Father, may we in all things seek wisdom. We pray this through your son who embodies wisdom in all things, the way, the truth, and the life. It's through his name we pray. Amen. As we close the lesson tonight, I'll extend the invitation for you to join us for a fireside chat following the final amen. Tonight we're going to be talking about Proverbs 19 through 25. Uh, If you've been reading and have some insights to share, I'd love to hear them. If you haven't been reading but you'd like to just come and share, that'd be fine too. Uh, Join us after the final amen. Uh, I think the fireside room will be open. If not, I'll have a sign or somebody to tell us where to go. I've had a little reception this afternoon, so we'll make sure there are chairs. But uh, please join us if you desire to uh, seek wisdom and grow in wisdom. Join us tonight. Tonight, um, extend the invitation as we did through prayer. If you have a need to put on Christ or if you have a need to return to Christ, won't you come meet me down front as together we stand and sing.